Think you hate marketing? Think again. Here on the Marketing Chat Podcast, I share practical, relatable tips to make marketing easy and fun. I'm Kelly, a marketing strategist, Squarespace website designer, and founder of the Women Podcasters Academy. I'll be breaking down big ideas into actionable steps so you can get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. This episode is brought to you by HoneyBook, everything your business needs to get it done. Manage projects, book clients, send invoices, and get paid all on HoneyBook. Use my link in the show notes to get 50% off your first year with HoneyBook. Do you have a system in place to care for your customers or clients, starting from the moment they contact you about working with you? It is so important that customers know that you care about them so that they remain customers and refer other customers to you. Well, let's learn some strategies. Today, I'm interviewing Alicia Butler-Pierre on creating a best-in-class customer service experience. Alicia Butler-Pierre is on a quest to revolutionize the way small businesses operate. She does that by speaking, coaching, writing, and lecturing, and podcasting. She's the founder and CEO of Equilibria Inc. and the best-selling author of Behind the Facade, the world's first published book on business infrastructure. She hosts the weekly Business Infrastructure Podcast, which ranks in the world top 2%. She's an adjunct instructor on lean principles at Purdue University and operations management at Nichols College. A chemical engineer turned entrepreneur, she's advised, designed, and optimized processes for organizations including Coca-Cola, Shell Oil, the Library of Congress, and the Home Depot. Welcome, Alicia. I am so happy that you're here today. Oh, Kelly, that was a phenomenal introduction. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So let's talk about your book for a minute. I love at the beginning how you talk about a facade and a business facade, and you use a couple of analogies. You talk about a peacock versus a crane, where of course the peacock is the facade, and uh, you refer to the Wizard of Oz as the facade. And then you also talk about how a business website can be a facade where the website is the face that the business shows the world and, you know, is hiding what's going on behind the scenes. So would you say a little bit about that and how a business can be out of alignment when the facade or what they're showing the world is vastly different from what's going on behind the scenes? Thank you so much for this question, Kelly. And this is going to be a really interesting conversation, being that you're a marketing expert and a web, you know, an expert on all things website. So I, I'm really grateful to have this conversation with you. When we talk about facade in a business sense, I'm not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. So I want to make sure I'm very clear on that first, because obviously you have to do the promotional things, the social media, the, the branding, the publicity. You have to do those marketing and sales-related activities that are required to attract customers or clients to your business in the first place. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. All I'm suggesting is that all of the time, effort, and energy that's put into making the business attractive to your potential customers or clients, that you can just make sure that you can service those customers and clients once they actually show up. So specifically using your example of the website, you can have this fantastic website. I remember 
years ago, I met Sarah Blakely, the the founder of Spanx. And she was telling this story. She was telling this story about the time when she was preparing to go on the Oprah Winfrey show many years ago. And she received a warning from the producer. And that producer told her, make sure your website can handle the surge in demand. Because all it takes is just a few seconds of airtime on this very popular daytime TV show, and it can crash your website. So that's what we're talking about, Kelly, when we say you've done this great job, right? You've gotten your business to the point where you can actually appear on a daytime television show. Don't have all, don't put all of that work into it at the expense of or neglecting those back office operations. So now you've done your job. You've you've marketed it. You've promoted it. You've said the catchy things that will entice people to go to your website in the first place. But once they get there, can they actually place an order? And if they can place that order, will you be able to fulfill that order as promised? So that's what we're talking about. There's nothing wrong with creating that facade. It just means the face of it, right? But we just want to make sure that you operate as good on the inside as your company looks on the outside. That's a great point. And with service providers, that means too, like being able to follow through on your promises. You know, when you say you can finish their website in two weeks, can you really? And are you turning away enough clients that you can do that? Or that if, is, you're, if you're promising, you know, if you are a success coach or whatever, are you promising your clients are going to get a certain result? Uh, or do you have a disclaimer, you know, results not guaranteed, blah, blah, blah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I have a, another friend who's uh, who has a marketing agency and we came up with this phrase that we we would use together whenever we would talk to people. Marketing is all about the promise. Operations is about keeping that promise. Oh, so to I your point, that. Kelly, so to your point, if you if you say, hey, we guarantee that we can process a loan in 30 days, you know, a home loan in 30 days or less, you better be able to keep that promise. Yes. <laughs> Unless, you know, as it, it, to your point, if there are some disclaimers to add there, then that's when you would, that would be the time to say it up front. Mm-hmm. But that's what it's all about. Whatever promise you are making, just, just keep that promise to your customers. Yes, that's great. So that really is part of infrastructure then what you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. That business infrastructure. Yes. That operational piece, making Mm -hmm. sure that you have the people, the processes and the tools and technologies to be able to keep that promise Mm -hmm. and keep that promise consistently. Yeah. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about your background and how you started your company, Equilibria Inc. Oh, gosh. Where do you want me to begin? <laughs> Whatever the salient <laughs> points are. Yes. <laughs> sure. Okay. So I'll give you, I'll give you some highlights. So my background is actually in chemical engineering. And for those who are listening, many people may not realize this, but chemical engineers, we either work as process engineers or design engineers. So I actually worked as a process engineer. So what that meant, Kelly, was that I was in different chemical plants and oil refineries, literally looking at what may have gone wrong in a process if a particular batch of product 
did not meet certain specifications. And so I realized there was a huge gap in my education in the sense that I didn't understand accounting. So uh, when I was working as an engineer, we would meet often with different accountants. They would talk to us about things like assets and liabilities and equity and profit to loss ratio. And it's like, what? (laughs) It just sounded so, so crazy um, because I didn't understand accounting as being the language of business. So that's when I decided to go back to business school. I was going to school at night, working, uh, working full time during the day and eventually decided I I want a change in my career. So I thought I wanted to move into marketing research, moved out here to, I was living in New Orleans, relocated to Atlanta 17 years ago. And I, I thought I was going to work at Coca-Cola, Kelly. That's where I thought I was going to work. And (laughs) that did not happen. They eventually became a client, (laughs) but I did not become an employee of theirs. And what I did do though, was I started reading all kinds of books, self-help books, books that talk about the fact that we're all blessed with these natural skills, talents, and abilities, but through a process of miseducation, mm-hmm. we're taught, we're really being trained to go and work for someone else and not create businesses around our skills, talents, and abilities. So through a period of introspection, I started thinking, well, what is it that I'm really naturally good at? And it was organizing. So Kelly, I actually started Equilibria as a professional organizing company back in 2005. Wow. (laughs) And over time, and I think this is going to to segue so nicely into the customer experience piece that you want to talk about. I could not have imagined what this company is today Mm -hmm. based on what I initially started it out as. Mm -hmm. And it's only because I listened to what customers were telling me. And I realized it's not organizing per se that they need, it's that infrastructure that they're looking for. Mm. And that's how it, that's truthfully how it became what it is today, 17 years later. Wow. That is fabulous. And you're so right. Not a professional organizer here. Oh my gosh. And it's something I struggle with. But I do understand how you need a system. Once you organize your business or your home, your physical space, whatever it is, it's going to fall apart again unless you have a system to organize it and then to maintain it. Is that right? That is exactly right. And it's how I was able to tap into my experience as an engineer because Mm -hmm. you, you hit the nail on the head. Organizing, especially if you look at some of these home home organizing TV shows, they go in there and it's 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 really like shock therapy because it happens in a very short window of time. And then people are left kind of holding the bag and they're wondering, how on earth do I maintain this? And so it's it's less about the aesthetics, Kelly, and more about the actual process. How do I maintain this? And that's when I started to tap into my experiences working as a process engineer and literally saying, Kelly, this is how you would maintain all of the work that we've just put into tidying up and making everything look good. This mm-hmm. is how you actually maintain it. Mm-hmm. And again, over the years, I started to realize, I started to see common threads across different organizations, regardless of the industry, regardless of size even. And came up with these seven 
elements or components that every single one of those organizations at some point or another, when it came to their back office operations, had to focus on. So whether it was their records management policies, actually documenting their processes, you know, job descriptions, organizational charts, some of the things that companies, most people might take for granted, so many small businesses don't have in place. And I'll let you in on a little secret that you probably already know, but maybe people in your audience may not realize this. Even the bigger companies, they don't always have their processes documented either. Yeah. Um, so I don't want anyone who's listening to this to, to start beating up on themselves thinking, oh my goodness, I'm so behind the times when it comes to process documentation. No, you aren't. There are even large companies and you sit back and wonder, how did you all get to be this size (laughs) and not have some of these basic things captured? Yeah. Well, that's why they hire you. You wouldn't have any clients (laughs) if they already had it all in place. They need you. That's why they hire, you know, big consulting firms and they need help. It just... It's not something that comes naturally to most people. If it did, they, you know, we wouldn't need the the guides or the TV shows or or to hire people to help us. You know, it it comes naturally to to a few. <laughs> <laughs> but but even you had to figure out that process. It is a absolutely for you, but you still had to figure out a process to put it. I did. I did. And that took, that took several years really Mm -hmm. figuring it out and honing it. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not an overnight success story, not by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um, So we are talking about creating a best-in-class customer service experience today. Um, And I'm really happy you're here to talk about that because I think it's something that a lot of service providers and, and small businesses and large businesses really forget about doing because we're so focused on acquiring customers and clients that we just neglect. Okay, I got them. Now I need to get the next one. And it's always looking forward to the next, the next, the next, instead of trying to keep and, and really focus on the loyalty of who we already have. So why do we need to focus on the customers that we have? The first question about this. The reason it's, there's so many reasons it's important. One of the first reasons I can think of is what you were just saying, Kelly, and that is that loyalty piece. I don't have the exact the exact stats on this. I know you probably know it, but there's there's some statistics out there about how much more money, time and effort it takes to acquire a new customer versus keeping an existing customer happy. Yes. And the the thing, here's the other thing about customer experience, customer satisfaction. When you have, when someone has done business with you, whether you are a retailer or a service provider, that person has the ability to then go and spread the word to so many other people and give referrals. So it's to your advantage. Think of your customers almost as your external sales force. Mm -hmm. These are people who are in a position to speak very highly about the experience 
or the quality of service that they had when working with your company. That's why customer support is also really important. That's a Mm -hmm. huge component of the customer experience. If, for example, someone purchases something from you, whether it's a product or service, and something doesn't go quite right, or maybe they still have some additional questions, what level of support is being provided to that customer after the transaction is completed? That's also That also goes a really long way in, in building up the organic reviews, five-star reviews, and the organic word of mouth, which is always the best type of marketing, right? True. I would much, I am more inclined to find out about another product or service if I hear it from you, Kelly. I know Mm -hmm. you, I trust you, I've heard your podcast. You are a recognized expert for me. So I'm more inclined to listen to what you suggest or recommend than if I were to watch that same product, if I were to watch their commercial, let's say on TV or on YouTube. Absolutely, and I do not have the exact stats in front of me right now. But if I remember correctly, it's around 70 to 80% of people will buy after getting a recommendation from a trusted source. Mm -hmm. So whether that be from, you know, a friend or someone whom they really trust that whom they follow online. Right. I I was even listening to your episode. I think it was your your 50th episode on how to how you started a digital course and community. Mm. And as I'm listening, you were plugging so many different types of technologies, digital mm. technologies. And I was writing it all down. <laughs> and you actually mentioned the name of the learning platform that your women women podcasting academy, yes. I believe it is, yeah. is on. And I thought, wow, I didn't even know the podium. I think yeah, podia. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So I'm that's something I'm actively researching. Mm. And so to hear it come from you and to hear the, the context in which you provided the recommendation, mm-hmm. it made me naturally want to go and check out the website, mm-hmm. which in fact I have done nice. <laughs> since nice. I listened to your podcast. But that's that's my point. I'm I'm listening to you. I can tell you know what you're talking about. I've read your bio, I've I've done my homework on you. So I I trust you now mm-hmm. and listening to that particular episode and how giving you were uh you, you were of you know and sharing different resources it made me naturally trust everything that you said because mm-hmm. you could you gave the pros and the cons of all of these different technologies and I thought okay Kelly's giving me real applicable advice let me go and do you know a little bit more research now on podia just as an example right Right. And I didn't disparage anyone in that one. Right, right. No, there, no. Yeah. Very careful didn't, didn't to not name do that. other names. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So um let's get into some tips you have about sure. creating a best in class customer service experience. Sure. So one of the first things, and I made sure to write them down here, listen to your customer. I know that sounds so cliche. Mm but you have to listen. Think about my story. I started a professional organizing company and now it's a an operations management consulting firm. How on earth did I go from that to what it is now? Because I listened. It's so easy for us to do what we think our customers want, but the only way you will ever know for sure is if you talk to them. 
and listen. Sometimes you don't even necessarily have to ask the question, Kelly. It's just a matter of having a conversation. And during the course of that conversation, they may mention something. And you may say to yourself, aha, okay, I need to take, I need to keep that in mind. Or they may make helpful suggestions. Sometimes they may give unsolicited advice. Don't get offended or upset by it. Take it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and figure out how you can do more of what people are literally telling you they want or what they are looking for. And if you do have some new ideas, run it past your those old customers. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Get their input because they've already experienced working with you and your company. So they're in an even better position to be able to give constructive feedback. That is so a that's great... one of the first tips. Yeah. yeah. That is a great suggestion, Alicia. And, you know, in marketing, we'll suggest asking customers and clients for feedback or doing a survey. And honestly, unless you are hiring an expert to write those questions or the survey for you, it can be really difficult to come up with questions that get answered accurately and in a way that you'll get really helpful answers. Because when you ask them like, what could I do better? What else would you like me to offer? It's some people will answer really well and really helpfully and other people just draw a blank. So I love what you say about just listening and listening really deeply because they may mention, like you said, something that's going on with them and it just in passing. And if you pick up on that and like, huh, I could help with that even if it's outside of your current toolbox, then there you go. Then there's an idea for you. So I I love that. Okay. The other thing is uh, voice of customer. So there's an exercise that we do in the process world where we actually map out a process. Mm. Mapping out a process literally means think of a flow chart. So from the moment a customer places order, to the moment that you actually provide that order or deliver that service. What are all of the steps? Write that out on a piece of paper and then draw boxes around each step and then go through the painstaking task of figuring out what is truly a value-added step versus a non-value-added step. Value is determined by your customer. So for example, if you decide to put some bells and whistles on something, did your customer really ask for that? Is that truly a value add from the customer's perspective? If not, then why are you doing it? Mm. (laughs) And what you'll find is that it could be that half of what you're doing isn't adding any value. So in in our world, in, in the Lean Six Sigma world, we would just say that that's wasteful. Those are wasteful activities. Try to focus on only the things that provide value from your customer's perspective. So that's another little tip. That's something that we do a lot in my uh, Lean Principles course at Purdue. Mm, That's excellent. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's making me think of uh, service providers creating a signature program. And it's like, I'm going to throw in this bonus. I'm going to throw in this bonus. 
It's like, you know, you look at that, like, I don't need that. That's not worth an additional, not, you know, they're not adding onto the price, but they're valuing it, you know, like $300. No, no. (laughs) That's, that's a great example though. That is a great example of, of adding these other, these additional things and your customers are like, no, I just want to see the videos and the yes. PDF, the downloadable PDFs. Yeah. That's all I need yeah. for the online course. That's yeah. it. I'm not going to yeah. look at all of that other stuff because actually it might overwhelm me as a customer. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's just too much. Right? You it's know, too much. You get the basics of the course and then like these 10 bonuses that either are going to be a distraction or you'll just never do. And Yeah. That's right. And the only way you'll know that is if you talk to them. Yeah. Right. Very true. So that that kind of circles back to our very first tip. And I have many more. Great. <laughs> so let me well, know when you want me on. to stop. Yes. Okay. Let's, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay attention to the time. Uh, sure. The, the other thing is make it easy for them to give you feedback. Hmm. Are you approachable? So that's another have some type of a feedback mechanism in place. Sometimes if you just ask that very broad question, I think this was this kind of circles back to what you said earlier, Kelly. Well, do you have any feedback for us? Of course, they're going to say no. Yeah. Maybe they may have some feedback, but you have to really be careful about how you frame the question mm-hmm. and, and to where they don't feel as though they're being put on the spot, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. True. Um, another tip, make it easy for them to find you. Mm. How many times have we all as customers, I'm thinking of technology companies right now, I'm going to pick on them. How many times have you had something go wrong and you're trying to figure out how do I get help? How do I get service? And you go to that particular technology company's website, there's no phone number. Uh, there's a forum. There's oh. a Q&A forum right <laughs> There's no one that you can actually communicate with one-on-one. And it's so frustrating. Yes. And so what probably could have been resolved in maybe five to 10 minutes could easily take you half a day trying yeah. to figure how to do that one thing, how to troubleshoot that one glitch that you may have experienced with a particular technology. Yeah. So that's what I mean by make it easy for people to find you and to find out how they can get that support. Yeah. And then this is also really important. Once you start to make improvements and adjustments, always circle back to your customers and let them know. Mm. You know what? We we hear how many I've I've received these emails quite a bit. We've been listening to you. True. Alicia, and we want you to know this is what we're doing now. We're going to do, we're going to add this particular service, or now we're going to make it easier for you to find us, or whatever the case may be. But it makes you feel, as a customer, it makes you feel as though you're being listened to. And now you're much more inclined to give, to refer them to your friends and family and colleagues. Mm. So those are just some, some tips. And again, from an operations perspective, do that voice of customer exercise map out your process, identify what's value added versus non-value added. That is such an enlightening exercise. You're going to step back from, and and be honest. Be very honest with yourself about what really is value added. It's eye-opening. It really is. That's great. I love that tip. 
And real quick about the technology and looking for help. I think Apple does a great job with that. Do you use Apple? They they do. I have my iPhone right here. Yep. Yeah. So I'm fortunate that I, you know, I live in a city where there are multiple Apple stores. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I can go in. They have all kinds of workshops that are free. Oftentimes yeah. uh, there's phone numbers that you can call yes. for support where you can talk to an actual person yep. and they make sure they stay on the phone with you until that issue is resolved. So, yes, yes. they're amazing. kudos to them for doing yes. that. Absolutely. Easy, easy to find online chat. They'll call you back. Yeah, it's I love them. Love them. <laughs> yeah, and they're offering a new service. I don't know if you know about this, Kelly. There's a service called I think it's the program is called Business Essentials. Don't quote oh, yes. me on that, but I'm yeah. yes, where you can and it's very affordable, like yeah. very affordable monthly rate for that month to month troubleshooting. And when I first found out about that, I was like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Because sometimes, you know, if you don't have for us smaller businesses, we don't have that internal IT dedicated support. So just knowing that we have some type of a monthly plan that's very affordable where we can contact someone if we ever run into any type of a issue Mm -hmm. that that's I mean, it's it's just golden. So kudos to them for thinking of doing something like that also. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. All right. You, do you have some more tips for us? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Um, I, I'm looking at my notes here because I always, this is <gasps> nice. one of my processes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Don't part of having a process, right. Part of having a process is also, you know, that it could mean having checklists, having different types of templates that you're using uh, throughout the course of that process. So something else that I wrote here what you see is what you get. You want your customers mm-hmm. to be able to say that about you. Mm-hmm. So think about it. Marketing marketing is about what the customer sees. Mm-hmm. Operations is about what the customer experiences, but is mm-hmm. it, it's about what's unseen, right? Mm-hmm. So if I go to Starbucks, I can see the barista. I can see them preparing my beverage, Mm-hmm. But I still don't have an idea of what's really going on. There's still a door behind the counter yeah. that we as customers have no idea what's going on back there. We just yeah. know that we show up. We might even have the app on our phone, the Starbucks app on our phones. And, you know, we magically receive our order within maybe a few minutes and, and we're happy. And we yeah. great customer service, but we have no idea what goes on behind the counter to make sure that every single experience that we have is pleasant mm-hmm. and it's consistent. So yes. if I go to Seattle where the company started, or if I go to Atlanta, Georgia, or wherever, wherever in the world, wherever there's yeah. a Starbucks location, I can expect to have relatively the same experience. Yeah. yeah and that's that's, that's what point. we want to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. And in their case and in the cases of other companies that do it really well, they don't have a wizard behind the curtain because <laughs> they do follow through on their promise. So right. it's, it's it's not smoke and mirrors. No, it may feel right. like there's magic going on, but <laughs> it's magic that comes true. It actually works. <laughs> So, yeah, 
That's true. What you yeah. see is what you get. And yeah. and I'm going to plug another book, The E-Myth. Oh, because yes. that's what's that's exactly what Michael Gerber talks about is even if your goal isn't to scale into this huge enterprise, you still want to start to document your processes, really take a look at your operations mm. as if you were to franchise that company. So document it in a way that if you had to hand it off to someone else, that person can realistically pick it up and hit the ground running within, within reason. Right. Right. Yeah. That's true. Because doesn't he write in the book as well? Like what if something happened to you tomorrow, today? Absolutely. And, you know, if, if you're a solo entrepreneur, do you want your business just to close the day something happens to you, even if it's just an injury where you can't work for a while. Well, what if you want to hire a VA, let's say, to, to take over the operations? Then you're right. You need that the, the processes written down to say, here it is. You know, maybe it's just you have this passive income, but you need someone to monitor it, monitor it for you. Then you have to be able to hand over this packet and say, here's how it all works. That's right. And if it's just, oh, I've got this password and this password and I don't know where they are or it's in my Apple keychain. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that actually happened to me um, very recently. So I had surgery back in late April. And, but I was fortunate that I knew this was coming. But to your point, Mm. if you could be in in an accident of some sort, for whatever reason, you have to be out unexpectedly. Yeah. Will things fall apart? Yeah. If you can't be around, who do your customers, where do your customers go when they need support? So we're not trying to scare people, but we do want you to think about the fact that this is real. It can and has happened to many, many, many companies. And you just want to make sure that you have those mechanisms in place Mm -hmm. so that your customers don't feel neglected or abandoned. And then the lawsuits can come and all that kind of stuff, right? Lawsuits, terrible uh, reviews on social media, and then crisis Mm -hmm. communications uh, comes into play. And I recommend having a little plan for that too. Even if you're a solo entrepreneur, we've seen what happens with the huge corporations when they don't have a crisis communication plan in place. And yeah, it, you know, nobody wants that a bad rep on social media. It exactly. can really do dreadful things to a Absolutely. company of any it size. Can. So, yeah. yeah, as they say, bad news travels faster than good news, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> Unfortunately, that is very true. Yes. Yeah, just terrible. Well, this was awesome. I really appreciate you sharing all of these tips and I hope everybody starts to implement them right away. Take some time, you know, set aside um, some time in your calendar and start to do these. It's really that important. Absolutely. Indeed it is. Yeah. Yes. Um, will you tell us a little bit about your podcast real quick? The Business Infrastructure sure. Podcast. I'd love people to go check it out. It is fabulous. I just love it. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. So we, uh, we, we've been figuring out it's been, it's the show has been around now for four years and 
you know, most people, they don't get excited over that topic, right? But we try our best to really liven it up and make it entertaining. So what happens, it's a weekly show and people come on. We have these amazing guests, just like you have amazing guests, Kelly. And they come on and they share not only what they've done to turn something around from an operations perspective, but also provide very specific tips. I read this book. I, I, I attended this course or I went to this workshop. I, I'm a member of this particular professional organization. That's what's so important because I'm sure you can appreciate this. There aren't a lot of resources out there that talk about the operational side of business. Yeah. There's tons of things out there about marketing, sales, branding, social media, but there isn't a lot when it comes to, well, how do I operate on a day-to-day basis? How do I document a process? I don't even yeah. know what that looks like. I hear you say systems, but what does that even mean? How do I even go about putting something like that together? Yeah. So we're trying to close that knowledge gap through the podcast. So every guest that comes on has to provide at least three resources that they recommend. And we just compile all of those resources for our listeners so that they have access. That is the key, having access. How can you go searching for it, Kelly, if you don't even know what questions to ask or if Great you don't point. even know how to go about searching for it? Yeah. That's that's the issue that we're trying to solve through the podcast. So thank you so much for mm-hmm. letting me plug it. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. I really want people to go listen and, and you're so right. We don't know what we don't know. So it's hard to Google something where you don't even know what to ask. Correct. Yeah. That's great. Well, y'all go listen business infrastructure podcast, and I will put a link uh, in the show notes and on this episode's page on my website. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. (laughs) So how can people find you to learn more about you or work with you? And do you take like what size clients do you take? So we we work with large corporations, but our our sweet spot is with small businesses. And when we say small, that's usually businesses that have less than 50 employees. Because those are the businesses that are tend to be fast growing. They've been in business for at least three years. So they're not startups. They're at a point where they might have more business than they can handle. So they may have worked with with a person like you, Kelly, that's helped them attract the customers. And now they're realizing, oh, my goodness, if we don't start to take a look at our operations, we could actually implode. So that tends to be a good place for us to come in and start to work together. The best place would be the website, which is eqbsystems.com. But I'm also very active on social media, mostly LinkedIn and Twitter. So feel free to reach out to me that way as well. And I'm I'm happy to connect with, with whoever is listening to this podcast and is interested in finding out more information. Awesome. Well, I will share all of those links as well in the show notes and on this episode's page on my website. So you will be easy to find. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Alicia. I really appreciate it. And you just shared some great tips. Again, y'all need to put these into action now. It will take a little time, uh, but you need to do it. And I'm going to go do some, (laughs) anything I haven't done, I'm going to go do. (laughs) Thank you so much, Uh, Kelly. I really appreciate you and your, your time. And thank you for sharing your platform with me. Absolutely. It was a pleasure.
So y'all can leave comments on this episode's page on my website, link in the show notes, and I will be back in a few days. Uh, So I will see you next time on the Marketing Chat Podcast. Thanks so much.